I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. <laughs> I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me silent for about five seconds after we pressed record. Blake Harrison, you alright? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I was just changing my name on this thing because my wife's name keeps coming up in the thing, and I was just changing it. And then I saw that I think you were waiting for me to introduce. Well, I, I introduced the last two, so I thought I'll let you do this one, mate. I'm not keeping count. I'm just like whatever, like whoever introduces it. Who cares? Who cares? Just a standoff. It's just us staring at each other. I hope we keep that in for the YouTube. Um, <laughs> right. Um, here we go. Let's get straight into it. Oh, do you want me to ask how you are? What's going on in life? Uh, well, do you know what we've had? We've had a um, we've had a good little run of episodes, so we've got some good stuff coming your way. Um, we do. We've interviewed um, uh, George Hardwick. Uh, we've had George back on the uh, the podcast. Um, this time he's flew solo. There's no Harry Hardwick. I'm sure we'll um, we'll have them both on, and certainly Harry at some point, who's just had a fight announced as well. Um, but uh, we've had George Harbick on talking about his um, upcoming fight uh, on the contender season. Okay. Uh, and we had uh, Kaylin Lockrain on. Um, Kaylin Lockrain. Lockran. 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 Now we're struggling with a second name. No, we had him on. You're we struggling with it. You're struggling with a second name. It's Kaylin Lockran. Kaylin Lockran, right. the Bantamweight Cage Warriors champion. Uh, he yes. was on the show. Uh, so we'll be releasing that at some point over the next couple of weeks. And uh, I'm going to jinx it. We're hoping to talk to Oban Elliott very, very, very soon as well, because he is also on the Dana White mm. Contender Series. So we're going to have a couple of Dana White Contender Series episodes, uh, kind of prelude to that with George Hardwick and Oban Elliott, and also, as I said, Bantamweight Cage Warriors champion, uh, Kaylin Lochran on the show as well, talking about his career and all things going on with him. And we are obviously about to get onto UFC 290, but before we do, um, if you haven't heard it yet, we very recently had on the headline act 
the uh, the featherweight champion of the world, Alexander Volkanovsky. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, we've had him on twice now. Uh, and the first episode was maybe about a year and a bit ago where he spoke all about his career and his aspirations, what drives him. And it was leading up to that uh, Ortega fight. We, we interviewed him while he was doing uh, that series of The Ultimate Fighter. And that's a really great and interesting chat. I mean, if you love Alexander Volkanovsky, you've got to listen to that chat. Who don't? Ha- who don't love Alexander Volkanovsky? Who, who doesn't love Alexander Volkanovsky? Um, and uh, probably Max Holloway. Maybe he doesn't love him. <laughs> um, but uh, other than Max, I'm sure you love Max. Uh, uh, I'm sure you love Alexander Volkanovsky. So check out that episode. And also, we did have him on only like, what was it, like a month ago or something like that. Yeah. And so yeah. we spoke about the lead up to this fight with Yair, how he's going to deal with Yair, and also... Um, his aspirations to rematch Islam Makachev. So if you haven't heard that yet, I think maybe we'll try and put it on the socials this week, a link to that episode. Go and check out that episode as well, where we're speaking to Alexander Volkanovsky, if you haven't heard it yet. But for now, shall we get on to UFC 290, Volkanovsky, Yair Rodriguez? Let's do it. Should we, where, where are we going to start on this one? We haven't even, normally we have a little chat beforehand about where we're going to start. Are we, we going to start with the, the, the main event? Yeah, boy. Of course we are. We've got to start with the big one. Uh, Volk versus Yair. Interim champ versus uh, undisputed champ. Obviously, Yair beat Josh Emmett for the interim belt on the same card that uh, Volkanovski lost that really close fight with Islam Makhachev um, a little while ago now. I can't remember when that was now. Uh, back in February or something, was it? And uh, yeah, so now the unification belt, Yair and Volk. Uh, a few things jumped out at me uh, about this fight. Um, firstly, I was not massively interested in this fight until I saw Yair beat Josh Emmett, and I was just like, oh, well, now I sort of am. <laughs> he, he did it in such spectacular fashion that it made me go, okay, I've got to see yeah. this fight now. Um, Volkanovski, even though he's shorter than uh, most of the people he fights, usually has like actually a, a reach advantage, or uh, or, or uh, you know he's he's got very long arms for someone of his size. And Yair Rodriguez is not only about five inches taller than him, but he has the same reach as Volkanovski as well. So I wonder if Volk will find that a little bit trickier, kind of getting on on the inside or or, or anything. Um, I don't Yair- want to be a real pernickety prick here go on but uh he has got half an inch on Yair's reach well that's not that's not what I saw in the tail of the tape recently I think I saw 71 inches each aren't they no Volk's 71 and a half well there you go and we all half, know half an inch matters mate I'm telling uh, you hey the men out there we all know half an inch matters how dare I how dare I rob Volk of half an inch we all know we need an extra half inch in our lives um, so uh, so yeah so there you go well then that maybe uh, maybe that won't make much of a difference then but I thought they were both 71 inches but there you go um, I just how, how do you see this fight going because I suppose a lot of people out there will be thinking oh it's Volkanovski isn't it like he's He's going to do him. It's Volkanovski. He's, he's arguably the greatest featherweight of all time, having beaten Aldo, having beaten Max three times. What uh, what, what do you see happening in this fight? Well, he's he's a he's a heavy favourite uh, in in this fight. Um, to, to echo something you said uh, again, wasn't that fussed about this fight? But what Yair done to Josh Emmett. Um, he looked so exciting, uh, Rodriguez, in this fight. So all of a sudden it makes this fight uh, 
a, a far far more exciting prospect. And I think one of the things that you know we've maybe been guilty of um, when talking about Volk is always sort of looking at well, once he he beats your year, you know, is he going to go and fight Makachev? What's he going? It's always kind of not looking beyond Yair. And we should stress that when Volk come on the podcast, he was very respectful about that and certainly wasn't looking past Yair Rodriguez. Um, I think it could be a really interesting fight because um, Yair's fight style is very... It's a very difficult one to train for, I'm sure. It's it's very kind of awkward and... Yeah. And... and, and, I, I do think that, however tricky it is, I think one of Volk's uh, absolute attributes is his ability to be able to kind of sort of work with whatever's in front of him. And I, and I think he's so well-rounded. Um, I can see it going the distance. Really? Yeah. Well, Yair is tough. We saw that in the Max Holloway mm. fight, didn't we? Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I could potentially see it going the distance as well, which is dangerous because we saw in, in Yair's fight with Korean Zombie, he was losing that fight up until literally the last the second last of second. the last round. And he threw that crazy up elbow and it knocked Korean Zombie right out. Um, I I would favour Volk in this fight. and I think, But I think we're going to have to see a more... Well, not a more because he does it a lot, but I think we're going to have to see all the tools in Volk's arsenal. I think he's going to have to implement a lot of the takedowns, unlike with some of the Holloway fights and all of that, where he seems to just kickbox. Um, I, I think he's really going to want to rely on some of the wrestling as well, because it just takes away the big thing that Yair has. And that is those, as you said, awkward attacks, really heavy yeah, unorthodox kicks. unorthodox striking, isn't it? Unorthodox strikes, spinning kicks, flying knees, all that stuff. And if Volk can get him to the ground and just be on top of him a bit and rough him up a bit like what he did to Ortega in, in some of those rounds, I, I really, and towards the end of the Makachev fight as well, I really think Volk will kind of really suck the life out of Yair a little bit. Every time he gets him down and can hold him down a little bit and rain down a few blows, I think that's going to really take away from Yair. I think this is a huge step up for Yair as well. I mean, we've seen that Volk is a sort of level above Max Holloway. I mean, not many people can say that ever because Max Holloway is so good. But uh, Yair come up short against Max Holloway, not that there's any shame in that at all. Uh, and then, you know, the Brian Ortega fight was a weird shoulder injury. Before that, it was like Jeremy Stevens, Korean zombie, which he was losing that fight until then. And before that, he lost to Frankie Edgar, then beat BJ Penn before that. So when you're looking at his kind of resume, it doesn't like Josh Emmett was a really good win, a solid win. And that's what I said. That's what made me more excited for this fight. But Prior to that, there's not really much that makes me go, he's going to really trouble Volk. And if Volk can take him down, you've got to think Volk has been training for Islam Makachev. He's trained over the last couple of years for Brian Ortega. Yes, Yair does have some tricky good jiu-jitsu. He submitted Josh Emmett with a triangle choke. But I don't think... It's not at the level of them two you mentioned previously. No, and I don't think he's going to show us anything that Volk hasn't seen before. So I think... I think... Eight times out of ten, Volk wins this fight, and so you you, you know I, I, I'm picking Volk to win this fight. However, Do- factors to consider are that I just think anyone can get hit, and Yair is the guy that will throw something that you're not expecting that you can't train for, and 
that can just clip you and, and whether he can get you down after that and submit or or whether he just knocks you out ground a pound because he's landed some tornado kick or something like that that is always possible and as we saw in the Korean zombie fight it's possible until the very last second of the very last round so Volk has to be completely switched on yeah agreed agreed um I'm going to level with you. I want to see Volk win just because uh, he's just a top bloke. I mean, do you know what? Yeah. I actually saw that video the other day of um, of Yair and, and Max, where Max walking past the ambulance and Yair's in the back of it. And, uh, yeah. and then they both just sort of jump in and have uh, have a photo together. And uh, it's, it's just, yeah, that, that all three of them fellas just seem like absolute gents. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunately someone's got to lose. And, and, and as much as... That's that that fight style is very unorthodox of your ears. I just think that Volk gets this because he's um he's he's just too well rounded. But this could be shit or bust for your ear, and you 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 know you can't you can never underestimate someone that gets that chance. Do you know what I mean? You know yeah. I don't think Volk's looking past him as I mentioned earlier. Um, but I don't know. Like it's it's going to be difficult to train for 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 that that you know your year uh sort of striking but I'm, I'm leaning on Volk yeah and I mean I think you make a good point there I think I think there's some fighters that you could go they've they've been you know the greatest in their division for a while they've moved up in weight class and really given a champ that everyone thought that they would have no chance against giving them a real run for their money to the point where some people believe Volk won that fight against Islam Makachev yeah. and now their sights are on getting the glory, becoming a double champ, rematching Islam Makachev. And yeah. it's very possible that they could overlook Yair Rodriguez uh, because they did so well in a fight that people didn't expect them to. And they've been so brilliant up until now that they could overlook this young lad that when you look at their resume, hasn't necessarily done an equivalent to where you'd go, oh, they're going to really trouble Volkanovski. But I think Volk is too professional and too humble and he has too many of the right people around him for him to underestimate Yair. I think they know what they're doing. They brought in Blood Diamond, who I think is one of the guys from uh, uh, Izzy's gym from Sin City Kickboxing to kind of train with a lot, who's like a very flashy kickboxer. So they, they're already prepping as best they can for Yair. Although, I mean, flashy is flashy. is Like... They, just because you get a flashy striker doesn't mean he's the same as the other flashy striker because the thing that makes someone like Yair so amazing to watch, he's he's like, if you design a computer game character or if you design someone on like your UFC game or something like that, you're like, you, you probably are not designing someone to go and wrestle people, take them down and beat them up. You want some, you want to create friggin'. I don't know, like Law from Tekken or like Ryu from Street Fighter. It's like you want someone where you press the buttons and they start spinning around and doing all these highlight reel kicks and knockouts and stuff like that. So you can't, just because you bring in someone that's a flashy striker doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing exactly the same types of things as, yeah. as Yair. And even if they're studying him to try and emulate it, it's still not exactly the same. So it, there's an element of danger in this fight that is what's really intriguing me is that I think Volk could dominate a decision here. He could 50-45 him, absolutely. But even if he's won four and a half rounds, like with like almost the Leon Edwards, Kamara Uzma thing, 
I could still be on the edge. If, if Yair looks like he's still got some power in him and he's willing to jump and fly in knee or spinning kick or whatever it is, I'll still be watching that in like the, what would it be? Like the, the 23rd minute going, this could all still go wrong for Volk. There's still, some, Yair could still pull this out of the bag. And that's what makes it a fascinating fight to watch, I think. And also Volk's a, a approach to it. Does he go, no, I can show you on the feet I'm better than you? Or does he implement the wrestling? That, that's that's my yeah. thing. That's my thing. Like, is is the is the showman in Volk going to come through? Of like, look, you know, I, I'm I'm going to beat him at his own game here. You know, because it, you're right. The the, the wrestling favours Volk. You know, to to get him down and grand and pound him. Um, he, he's definitely a place that I'm sure Volk's been way more comfortable than than Yair. Um, but is Volk going to think main event? I'm Volk. I'm better than this guy. Let's let's start teeing off and see what happens. I'm kind of. I'd love to see it because I think it'd be exciting. But I, I don't. I, I, what you said about his trainers and that. I think that will also be reflective there. They're going to be like, mate, why why are you yeah. going to play him his own game? Like, yeah. but what what are you smiling at? No, I just thought when you just said like. Oh, I'm Volk. I was like, oh, imagine saying I'm Volk. That must be great. Imagine just waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror, and you're like, oh, I'm Alexander Volk. Like, imagine if you quantum leaped it. Imagine if you were able to quantum leap and just be Volk for a day. Just like, no. oh, I'm Volk. I'm amazing. I'm like, no, he, the he doesn't know, does best he? On the planet. No, but I would. If I got to quantum leap into Volk, for any young viewers that don't know what quantum leap is, Google it now. Uh, you know, if you could just quantum leap into Volk for a day and just be like, oh, I'm Alexander Volkanovsky for a day. This is pretty good, isn't it? Well, I, I, would, I would tell people to go and listen to the first episode when we had Volk on because uh, he talks about getting recognised. And, uh, and I quote loosely when people go and say, hey, he's like, I just thought that was someone I went to school with. Then I'm like, oh, no, fuck, it's the UFC thing. And he forgets he's the UFC champ. And he it's, just presumes Volk, when people recognise him, they're schoolmates. Is Volk Swedish? I was like, oh, here we go. That was, you've been waiting <laughs> for about fucking 160 episodes for me to do an impression, haven't you? After yeah. me calling you out for all of your sounding Welsh. Uh. <laughs> And yet when I try and do Welsh for a part, it comes out Jamaican. It's terrible. Um, it's terrible. I would need to get better at my Welsh accent. Um, no, I think this should be a great fight. I think, it, again, it could be Volk dominating. But again, you just never know with, with Yair. Yeah. I, 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 I'm biased. I want Volk to win. I think he's such a great bloke. I mean, the other thing is, if Yair loses, I also really want the Makachev fight as well, by the way. Yeah. I really want Volk-Makachev too. I thought that was such an interesting fight and I'd love to see it again. But Volk is 34. I think he's the oldest featherweight champion by a long time now. Yair's only 30. I think if Yair loses this fight, I don't think it's shit or bust for him or anything. I, I, I think Yair could find himself back in a title shot quite easily. I think he's... Mm. You know, an incredibly exciting fighter that the UFC will want to keep promoting. He's only 30 years old. He's got a long way ahead of him. So uh, I, I think you could definitely see Yair challenge for a title again after this fight if it doesn't go his way. Um, shall Let's we... move on to the co-main. Co-main. Another cracker and another Mexican yeah. champion. Mm. Brandon Moreno yeah. versus Alejandro Pantoja. Um, that was not Welsh. Um, what? <laughs> what? Well, there's, 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 there's good backstory to this, isn't there? Great backstory. Obviously, 
he's got the win over Moreno. I mean, two, two wins over Moreno. Oh, really? What, yeah. He beat him in 2018. He, he, he beat him before beat, then? He beat him in the Ultimate Fighter. So it was one of those like exhibition ah. fights. But he beat him in their series of the Ultimate Fighter. And then back in 2018, when he beat him, that is when Moreno got cut. Because if you remember, Moreno got cut from the UFC. And it was the loss to Pantoja that meant that the UFC cut him. And then obviously he fought his way back to the UFC and become a champion, which in itself is such a phenomenal story. From very short period of time, he was cut from the UFC and then became the UFC champion. I mean, I love Brandon Moreno. I'm a big, I love the fact that he loves Lego. I love the fact that his family make pinatas. I love the fact that he just seems like a really nice bloke. Like when Davidson Figueredo pushed him at the weigh-ins, he was like, Oh, that's a bit much. And then just beat his ass <laughs> a, couple, a day later. Uh, and um, yeah, and I love his style. His scrambles are so good. His boxing is so good. He's he, he just a brilliant fighter. He comes to finish fights as well. Two finishes of uh, Davison Figueredo in their tetralogy. Um, a, a finish of Kai Kara France recently as well. I mean, he's a fantastic fighter. I absolutely love watching him. And as I say, it's what a story to go from you've been cut and then you come back and you become the champion. Uh, phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff. It's sort of this... got vibes of uh, Adesanya Pereira. Not quite. It's not quite at that level because neither of them are as big a star as Izzy and because the rivalry um, isn't as... Uh, well, it is quite one-sided, but it, it doesn't have the um, the star power. Uh, it's uh, not as salacious fight. as what we've no. seen with... We, you know, there there was so much, and the fact that obviously he got fast tracked to that easy shot because mm. it, it was so marketable, and and yeah, I mean we've seen it time and time again. Unfortunately, with the the, the smaller weights, it just doesn't seem to kind no. of have the gravitas of some of the bigger boys. I don't, you know, it's it's a shame, but it it, it does seem to sort of be that way. But this but has all see, the makings of. You an see what I mean about it having? War. You see what I mean about having like slight vibes of it, though, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, he's, he's, the, the champ's been beaten twice by this guy, and, and so it's super exciting, but he last lost five years ago, and, and as you said, like, he got cut from there, but we have seen Brandon Moreno, you know, evolve into an absolute, you know, legend, you know, an absolute, you know, beast of a champ, and, uh, and, and I think this, this could be an absolute war, this one. Oh, um, yeah. and, uh, and will it, you know, we probably had these conversations when we was talking about Izzy, you know, will Brandon have that kind of mindset of like, <sighs> he's got my number. Like, you know, he's, 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 he's two and oh, and I, I think we're going to see a very, very different Brandon Moreno on Saturday than what we saw in 2018. And, and I, I think, you know, he's, he's, you know, he ain't going to let that belt go now. And and, and and I do think Pantoja is a very dangerous fighter, but I don't think I don't think he wins this one. No, I mean, look, I went back and I rewatched uh, the last fight between Moreno and Pantoja. And after one round, I just thought there's not really much point with watching this anymore because Brandon Moreno is such a different fighter. He's evolved so much over these five years. Like defensively, he's so much better. He was getting clipped all over the place in, in, in parts of that fight with Pantoja. 
He's defensively way better. His striking is way more accurate and crisper. He doesn't have that style that he's got now that I love where he kind of just jockeys from side to side mm. a little bit and all of that. He didn't have that as much. And his hands were kind of out more, way more looping shots and all that. And I think um, Moreno now is a far superior fighter to what he was back then. If Pantoja thinks he's getting the Brandon Moreno of five years ago, he's going to be in big trouble because he's way better now than what he was back then. Um, I but think... Pantoja would have improved as a fighter in them five years as well. So, you know, well, is it a level playing field? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, has he improved that much? I, I think that's a, an interesting question. I, I don't know. I'm just going to pull him up here. Uh, and see, because one thing I would say about Pantoja, he's not massively active. Like he is one fight a year for the last couple of years. That doesn't give you huge momentum going into the um, uh, into a title fight like this. You know, um, he's on a three fight win streak. Um, Manel Cap, good win. Uh, Brandon Royval has aged really well. Brandon Royval is looking really good at the moment. And then Alex Perez, which is you know, maybe less good given Perez's kind of recent run of form, I think. Um, but yeah, one thing I will say with Pantoja is I think Pantoja regularly goes to, um, goes to his grappling, tries to take your back and do that. Now, Brandon Moreno is incredibly good when it comes to scrambling out of those situations. And again, I think... The five years he's had, he's improved his striking massively. You can It's so obvious, the striking improvements. If you go back and watch Moreno Pantoja um, and then you watch Moreno versus Figueredo or in any of those fights, it seems, the improvement is so huge in his striking. But I think you can see it in his grappling as well, the scrambles and the way he moves around with his grappling. But I do think Pantoja will have the edge in his grappling. I also wonder if Pantoja might be just a bit stronger as well. That's something that we're, we're unsure about. Pantoja again, 33 now, uh, which in those lighter weight classes, you, it's, it might be now or never. But for Pantoja, Has he fought a five-rounder before? I'm sure he has, but I'd have to double-check that, and I can double-check mm. that in a second. Because that's saying Brandon Moreno's, you know, that he's not had many three-rounders, you know, for a long time now. He's... Uh, He's very comfortable, you know, when it gets into them them later rounds. So I think that might favour Moreno a little as well. well Just that experience of fighting, you know, the, the best of the best over five rounds in wars. I mean, his last three fights, I mean, he's, yeah, his last decision was Manel Cap. That was a three-round decision. Uh, and his Royval fight ended in the second round, rear naked choke. Alex Perez, first round, rear naked choke. I think Moreno will definitely have way more experience when it comes to headlining cards and, um, as I say, going those five rounds. So going the distance, you're right, that will massively favour mm. Brandon Moreno given the um, the history of the two of them. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's a really good point. If it goes, the longer it goes, you would imagine it's going to favor uh, Brandon Moreno. Um, but yeah, but I still think this will be a phenomenal... I'm looking at this card now, man. I'm just like... This is a cracker. We've got a great, yeah. interesting main event. We've got a co-main event that I think could be an absolute cracker. I think Brandon Moreno is really going to give everything in this. I mean, he gives everything every time, but I just think there's going to be an extra bit of motivation because he's been beaten twice by Pantoja. And I think Pantoja will know that this is his last shot at the belt. It's taken him a long time to get to the belt. Yeah. Um, and at 33 years old, down at flyweight, this is probably his last opportunity. So I, I think this is going to be an absolute cracker. I my heart is with Brandon Moreno. I love Brandon Moreno. However, if you can recall a certain uh, predictions episode that we did back in uh, December or January, whenever it was, for who would be champion at the end of this year, my flyweight pick was Alejandro Pantoja. So. Uh, there's a part of me that sort of wants Pantoja to win just to rub it in Stu's face. But we shall see. I'm leaning on Moreno. I really am. Okay, um, okay so um, what have we got next? What have we got next? Whitaker Duplessis. I mean, th- the fact that that's not a main or a co-main I mean, that could headline any other card, and that's just... Not a pay-per-view. It's not going to headline a pay-per-view. Fight night. It's a... It's a yeah, yeah, fight night then, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a great scrap, this, and and I cannot wait to watch Bobby Knuckles just gas Bigger Strickus in, like... I think he'll, he'll absolutely take the wind out of his sails, in the first round, and then I think in the second round, that's all she's going to write. And Bobby Knuckles walks away with an easy win. It's just, I just don't like the matchmaking. Mm. Just like with, you know, what we said the same thing about Arnold Allen and Max Holloway and all that stuff, potentially, if Tapuria and Max Holloway were to happen, which I don't think it will. Like it's just Whitaker and Holloway, these people that have fought the champions, uh, you know, more than once. Uh, and lost on multiple occasions to the champions. They're in such difficult positions because they need fights, but equally you don't want to give them the person that could be the number one contender because it then just halts a contender. And then what do you do with the champion? Give them that, that same fight can happen if that contender beats the champion. So for me, I don't like this fight 
As a fight, as an individual fight, I like it. As a matchmaking for that whole division, I think it's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely atrocious. You've got a fight in uh, a pay-per-view event in September happening where the rumor is the, the only person that's going to be headlining that card is Israel Adesanya. Why have you not just said Dricus Duplessis versus Israel Adesanya in Australia? Do I feel like Dricus has like 100% earned it? Well, it's a tricky one because middleweight is such a dodgy division because Israel has already beaten Vittori twice, Whitaker twice, Cannoneer once, and, you know, Costa and all these people. He's already done them. Pereira's moving up to light heavy. I would have done Pereira for the trilogy. I think that was the fight to make. But Pereira's now moving up to light heavyweight, so that's not going to happen. So just give him Drickers in Australia. He would absolutely smoke him. But you know what? It could be really fun to watch and it'd be a great highlight moment. And Izzy in Australia, it makes him the big superstar and all that stuff. That is what they should have done with this. Instead, you've now got Dana White has said the winner of this fight gets Izzy um, for, the, for the belt next. Well, hang on a minute, but the September card's only two months away. And that's when you want that fight to happen. So if this fight somehow goes three rounds, are either of those fighters going to be ready for Izzy in two months' time? Is that fair on them as contenders? And if they can't quite fight, who are we left with to fight Izzy? Sean fucking Strickland, who did win at the weekend. Yep, lovely, great. But that guy just chats so much nonsense, and I just don't really like him. And I don't massively care for his fight style that much either. Like, I know he got a knockout win, but that's only because Abus Magomedov almost... Basically, sort of did a Drickus Duplessis, only he lost rather yeah, than knock out a win. He just gassed out. So, well, I'm, I'm for that first round, uh, absolutely uh, bossed over yeah. Sean Strickland. Yeah. Uh, like, Sean Strickland has got nothing for Izzy. At least Drickus, I think, that could kind of be like fun for a round. Like, because I think yeah. Drickus will just come at him and either Izzy will just slip something and smack him on the chin and knock him out super quick. Or it could be kind of like Izzy going, oh, Jesus, this guy's just going for me like some berserker for a bit. And then second round happens and he just absolutely smokes him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I there's backstory there, isn't there? And Iz- Izzy's backstory. made it clear that he wants Drickus. Yeah. Right? You know, back comments that it- were made. Exactly. There is backstory. Do I like the idea of a build-up to a fight being sort of um, propelled or at least kind of uh, exploited by the fact that there's talk of like who's the most African when you're talking about a white South African man talking about a, a black Nigerian man that has also moved on to obviously uh, New Zealand, but that that is very problematic, and I don't think MMA as a sport should be trying to go down that road at all. Do I think they would go down that road? Absolutely. So that would be the worry for me: is the build up to the fight would be tainted with well racism, effectively, is yeah. is, is yeah. just to put it bluntly. And I think the MMA Twitter, I like to think a lot of the listeners to this show are quite conscientious, you know, open-minded, good thinkers that that wouldn't be sucked in by all that nonsense. But I think a lot of MMA Twitter, when you scroll through, would be sucked in by that and would be spouting off a lot of, you know, problematic shit. But will the fight be fun? Yeah, it probably would be um, for as long as it lasted. Um, but yeah, but, but, but I mean, back on... Go on, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, back to... to, to uh... 
to, to Whitaker. Um, I'm a huge fan of Robert Whitaker. I think yeah. he's um, uh, a, a, an absolute killer and just a, a, a fantastic example of of, of, uh, of an MMA fighter. You know, great sportsman. Um, and can you see this going any other way than what I said? I, I, I think. Whitaker, he's way, too, way too good. And Drickus has fast track there. A win over Darren Till, win over Brunson. Um, I, I don't mean, see that as fast tracked. I see that as middleweight. Just flaws in the division. Flaws in the division. You mm. know, Brunson was probably ranked fifth when he fought him. It's not his fault yeah. that Brun- Brunson's fifth. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you can't say he's had favourable matches if, he, if to get a title shot now he's fighting Robert Whitaker. So yeah. I'll give him that credit, um, and I think that, as I say, he's had some sort of fun fights, but in weird ways. Fights where you're like, both these guys are absolutely knackers because Drickus has smashed Brunson around for a bit, and then Drickus is really tired. Or Darren Till came, but Darren Till got like ten seven in that first round, from what I remember. Sort of mm. came back and won the second round because Drickus was so tired, and then Drickus was able to land a really sloppy takedown and just hold Darren down and do some damage, and then and that was it. I think um, a rear naked choke he got him with in the end. Yeah, but I mean, it was yeah. uh, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and that's, that, that's, that's a very different. Division. Yeah, and that wasn't a, a Darren Till that was was sending shockwaves through the division at that point. No, uh, um, I, I think the, the one thing we have to think about is, and I was watching the countdown episode recently. Um, one thing that is has been uh, talked about in like the MMA media or whatever is that Drickus has mentioned quite a lot that the cardio uh, issues he has, the why, the reason he's so open mouthed and breathing through his mouth over uh, after just two minutes. Is because he's had nasal problems. He was getting no airflow through one nostril, very limited airflow through the other nostril, and he's now had nasal surgery. So according to his team, he's going to be a very different Drickus Duplessis. He's going to be able to fight way harder. According to them, they threw out some statistic that he was only getting like 8% oxygen or something like that, which sounds like a load of bollocks, but I don't know. Um, So... I don't know. I don't think the nasal surgery is going to be that make that much of a difference. I think his body is quite muscular, and I think that that's just how he fights. And I think that'll be it, really. So I, I do think we'll get a similar Drickus Duplessis that, that comes out hard, that could catch Rob Whitaker with something early on. But if he doesn't finish the fight in the first three and a half, four minutes, I think we'll see him massively fade, and Robert Whitaker will just go to town on him, and either Whitaker will win a lopsided decision. Or he will finish him late in the second or uh, early in the third round because Drickus is just so tired. Um, and then we look forward to Whitaker Adesanya three, maybe. Which I mean, I love Robert Whitaker. I do want to see him fight for a belt again, but I just I don't know if I'm up for him Adesanya right now. I think I want Adesanya to fight some fresh contenders, and uh, that means him we might end up having Sean. Strickland fight for the belt, which will be oh, not a weird interested. one. I, I, I tweak what you said. Um, you know that guy talks so much shit. Like, ah, uh, oh, just I'm not interested in Sean Strickland, mate. Like, no. um, but that's what might yeah, happen. Just, that just might that might be what happens. I know. Like, um, I, I'll have um, Drickers versus Sean Strickland, and you get a really good first round, and then it'll be one of the worst fights in history. Yeah. Um, right. Dan Hooker, uh, Jalen Turner. 
Yes, please. Like, I mean, I'm a fan of Jalen Turner, former guest of the show, Dan Hooker, obviously we're friends of, um, and big fat, sorry, fans of. Um, I like to think of us as friends. Are we friends? Absolutely. Yeah, we're well, friends. yeah, I mean, you, you've been desperate to be friends with Dan Hooker from the very first episode. <laughs> I have. I love Dan Hooker. <laughs> um, he's just, he's just, he's going Dan Hooker, isn't he? Oh, and, mate, uh, yeah. And, and and I'm on board. Never in a dull fight, and uh, and I don't expect this to be dull by 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 any stretch of the imagination. How are you picturing this one going, mate? Oh, it's yeah. I, the thing that really struck me, I remember seeing a video of Jalen Turner doing some sparring in Abu Dhabi with Hamzat Shemaev, and they looked the same size. Like it, how this guy makes lightweight, I will never understand. He is six foot three. And he's he's big. He's not tall and skinny. Like he, mm. he's big. Like how he makes lightweight, I have no idea. And Dan Hooker has fought at featherweight. I think there's gonna be a bit of a size and power discrepancy here in Jalen Turner's favour, and that worries me for Dan uh, a, a little bit. I mean, Jalen was on a five-fight win streak up until we lost a very very close split decision to Mateo Scamrock, yeah. and I'm a big Mateo Scamrock fan. Um, I think this is great matchmaking. I will bemoan the matchmaking when it's bad. I think this is really good matchmaking. Go on, what do you want to say? What I like is his last win was over Brad Riddell. So there's a nice little bit of backstory there as well, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit of city kickboxing backstory there, if you want that. Um, uh, I um, I think this is a perfect bit of matchmaking because Dan Hooker is one of these guys that... When it comes to like the top five guys, he, he, he doesn't quite. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Stand up to them. Obviously, there's Makachevs, the Chandlers, the Poriers, and, and 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 people like that. But when it comes to people trying to crack the top fifteen and top ten and really show that they are, you know, the top five material. You know, he's dealt with uh, the hack parasts, and I'm trying to think of, of whoever else it was. I haven't got it in front. Paul of Felder, Ally yeah. Quinter, Ally Quinter, know, yeah, Gilbert the, Burns. Yes, those guys that couldn't quite. Get into, I mean, Gilbert Burns, obviously, this was lightweight before he got went into welterweight, mm-hmm. which was clearly the division for him. But Hooker's got good wins over guys. That, and we don't know quite who Jalen Turner is yet. I think I do know, and I think he is a potential top five guy. Although lightweight has got so many good wrestlers in it now. And, you know, but 
I think Jalen Turner being six foot three and an incredible kickboxer and the powerhouse that he is, I think he could cause some real problems at, at a lightweight for people. So I, I, I think I would be favoring him in this fight as much as I do love Dan. But one thing is, Dan is tough as anything, man. And mm. he could take some big shots and then come back and start putting it on Jalen. We do. You just don't know. Jalen's there to be hit at times. Like he's not got amazing striking defense. So I feel that Dan Dan takes a, 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 a round or so to really kind of snuggle into the fight because you look at Chandler, you look at Arnold, and it was just just bosh straight out, yeah. and it was just on, on the back foot. Um, and and, and I, I'm going to lean with Dan Hooker in this fight. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, because I, I, I kind of liked what you said there about, you know, when he does fight the, the top five guys, you know, it doesn't ever seem to kind of go the way he wants it to go. But I think on the peripheries of that, I think, yeah, it's, he's, he, he seems to be more comfortable there. And, uh, and, and you know, you're talking about Jalen Turner's, you know, kickboxing and stuff. We're talking about Dan Hooker from City Kickboxing. Like, you know, there's there's no flaws in his, his, in his striking. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Dan Hooker. All right, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go Jalen Turner. I, and I think right. what you're saying about Dan maybe taking... I think if he weathers the storm of that could be coming in the first round, yeah, he, he might surprise everyone um, and come back and, and, and win it. But I just... I can also see Jalen finishing him early. Uh, and actually, yeah. like... Because I just, I just really do rate Jalen Turner. Um, but we'll see. As you say... I mean, Hooker's there training with Izzy. So mm. he's he's well versed in, in training with, you know, good hard hitting talented kickboxers. So he he might be able to deal with it very, very well. But that's why this is good matchmaking, because we'll see. Mm. This is is Jalen Turner as good as some people think he is? And if he gets through Dan Hooker, we're like, all right, let's give you to some of the other top, top guys or whatever and see where you're Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Um Absolutely. So yeah, I think it's a good test. Um Bo Nickel, Trayshon Gore? I don't know. Uh, I haven't really got a lot to say about this because I've watched Bo Nickel in one fight and yes, you know, it's, it's very apparent that the UFC and Dana are, are, are very excited about him, but uh, I haven't got a lot to say. You know, he looked he look solid in his last outing, you know, in his debut and, uh, and I'm presuming we're going to see him, you know, beat a few kind of, Names that aren't that exciting. Um, I, I, I still always a little bit disappointed when people that they get excited about they 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 push through uh, to the point where they're they're on main cards when there's other fighters that I think maybe could be on that main card. But I guess it's just the business model of the UFC. But yeah, I'm I'm not overly excited about this this fight. There's way too much stuff on that card that for me to get overexcited about Bonicle. Yeah, I'm, I, I know what you're saying. I think it's a North American thing. I think it's, you know, he's a national champion wrestler. It's a big deal over there. Uh, I think he was at Penn State, which is like their big kind of university for wrestling and all that kind of stuff. So he's a sort of star within that combat sports world already. But he's only going mm-hmm. into his fifth pro fight, 27 years old. I mean, middleweight is in such a place where I'm like, Oh, fuck it. Just fast track him. Just do it. I don't like that he's also on like, like the countdown episodes usually are like, you've got the main event taking up, say, 25 minutes, half an hour of it. 
Then you've got the co-main taking up 20 minutes of it. And then they have like a featured third fight that takes up 10 minutes of it. In this countdown episode, they had the main, the co-main, the featured bout being Dricka Stupacy and Robert Whittaker. And they still had Bo Nickel and, and Trayshawn uh, Gore as well, which... You know, if you're going to do that for lots of cards and have young fighters on it, I'm I'm kind of for that. It builds up people's kind of knowledge of these fighters, gets us interested in the fights, and I think that's a good thing. But I don't like that they just seem to be doing stuff like that for for Bo Nickel, really. Maybe they did it with Raul Rosas Jr. as well. I can't remember, really, if, if he was on their countdown episode. But it just makes me go, uh, I'm not... I don't know. It just I, I I just don't want him to get too much kind of favoritism. But having said that, because middleweight is in the, the the situation it's in, where Izzy is desperate for new contenders, and the contenders that he's looking at potentially are people like Drickus and Sean Strickland and all that stuff. I'm a bit like, well, did fuck it, f- fast track someone like Bo Nickel. Like if he beats Trayshawn Gore, I know he's only going into his fifth pro fight. If he beats someone like Trayshawn Gore. I'd almost go, go on then, give him a ranked guy. Do it. Give give him a top 15 middleweight and let's see if he's as special as everyone thinks he really is. Because yeah. if, he, if he loses and gets a setback, he's only 27. He's in middleweight division. It's not like he's a flyweight or anything. He can still then, you know, you can throw him in. I've not got the rankings in front of you. You can throw him in at middleweight with someone that's, you know, 15th, 14th, whatever it might be. And then if he loses, you go, okay, let's slow it back down. Let's give him free build-up fights again and then see if he grows and can get into that. I mean, looking at middleweight now, Chris Curtis, Andre Muniz is fighting uh, Paul Craig in his uh, in Paul Craig's middleweight debut in, in London. Um, but you've got people like maybe a Jack Hermanson, a Chris Curtis, uh, an Andre Muniz, you know, people like that that I go, Give him, give him that kind of step up and just, and just see. And again, if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. He can go back to fighting smaller people. Like Trayshawn Gore was on an Ultimate Fighter series. Was he on the... Um, he lost to Brian Battle maybe in the final of this series with Ortega Volkanovski, I think. I might be wrong. I think it was that one. And, you know, Trayshawn Gore's had like, what, like three or four fights in the UFC. I think he's only won yeah. one or two or something. So, yeah. So, I mean, if he beats uh, Trayshawn Gore, particularly if he beats him in spectacular fashion, which is what the UFC want. They want him on the main card, opening it up. Everyone's eyes are on Bo Nickel and he goes out there, takes him down and submits him or ground and pounds him within two minutes. That is what the UFC want. And if he gets through Trayshawn Gore in that kind of fashion, I just go, screw it. Yeah, let's, let's make this some kind of interesting Rocky story. A guy with only a few pro fights is getting thrown into the mix and, uh, and he could fight the champion in a year or two's time if he gets a few fights. I don't know. I mean, maybe that goes against a lot of what I say in other, other times where people do have to earn it. But I say middleweight's weird. It's not lightweight. Mm. It's not featherweight. It's not a stacked division. So, and sometimes stories like this can be, can be fun. And Izzy is starved for proper good title challenges so and it's an interesting dynamic i think izzy would smoke bo nickel right now because i don't think bo would be able to get close to him in terms of the striking enough to to implement the wrestling but there's certainly a storyline there of bo nickel is this incredible unbelievable uh state uh, world or national champion wrestler and all this stuff he's got all the credentials in in wrestling 
that he could cause Izzy some problems. If he gets hold of Izzy, Izzy could be in big, big, big trouble. So give him a two, three more fights and then screw it. Make, make the, if he wins them, make him a tile fight. Absolutely. Um, there's not loads more fights that uh, I think we need to sort of really sort of dig into uh, on this card, but um, we do need to talk about Nico Price versus uh, ruthless Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Um, I've just pulled up uh, Robbie Lawler's um, sort of uh, his, his fight stats, and uh, obviously we, you know, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of you here, but we're, we're huge fans of, of of Robbie Lawler. You know, an absolute, you know, absolute great. Robbie Lawler, obviously, he's just come off that loss to um, Brian Barbarina. And apart from the strange thing that was Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, uh, a loss to Neil Magny, a loss to Colby Covington, a loss to Ben Askren, a loss to Rafael Dos Anjos, a win over Cowboy, loss to Tyron Woodley. I never realised Robbie Lawler had that many losses over the last few years. I didn't realise that apart from Diaz, it was just he was just getting beaten in every single fight. Yeah, I, I wrote it down uh, as uh, making some notes the other day. Uh, since losing the title to Tyron Woodley, he has won two out of seven fights, and those were it's Donald. Crazy. Those were Donald Taroni and Nick Diaz. Now Donald Taroni at the time was probably doing all right, so that's yeah. that's not you know that's a half decent win. Uh, but Nick Diaz, that's that's not a great win, really, with Nick Diaz being out of the cage for like five, eight years, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, it's not great reading. And Robbie Lauder is 41 years old. Um, mm. I think whether he wins or loses, I think I'd like to see him maybe hang him up. Because he's taken a lot of damage, even in fights that he's won. He's taken so many blows and so much damage. Obviously, the Carlos Condit fight, the Rory McDonald fight, the list goes on and on, like with the absolute wars that Robbie Lawler has had. And then the knockouts, Tyron Woodley and, and other fights as well. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's going to start getting to a stage where it feels uncomfortable watching a Robbie Lawler fight. And I don't ever want it to get to that stage. But, but Nico Price is maybe good matchmaking. Nico's not. You know, Nico's a fun fighter. This will be a war. This could be a fight of the night situation. Um, but if he loses to Nico, particularly if he's finished, I, I don't think I'd feel comfortable watching Robbie Lawler fight again unless he goes on an absolute kind of legends tour he's, against people that are also at his. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Who, who's there for that? Nick Diaz was the one, I guess, wasn't it? And yeah, like, what else is there? I, I I don't know. I don't. I can't I don't think of anything either. springs to mind that excites me now. And yeah, I mean, it's not for us to tell fighters when to you know when, when to quit. But Robbie Lawler has nothing to prove. You know, absolute <laughs> legend. You know, when you start looking at his his resume and it's like, yeah, he fought Frank Trigg. You think, God, how long ago was that? <laughs> Frank like, Trigg. Jesus. You just think like you you forget that like yeah. you know just how long Robbie Lawler has been in the UFC. And to make that comeback and become the champ, uh, you know, second time round and go on on that absolute tear, you know, beating, you know, the the I'm trying to think who he beat, literally beat everyone, didn't he? Um, yeah, Johnny Hendricks, Rory McDonald, Carlos, Matt Brown, Ellenberger. Oh man, he, he, Rory there was, twice. 
the, he what he had like a couple of years where he was the most exciting fighter on the UFC roster, 100%. and he was a champion. And it was just he was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely yeah. superb. So, best wishes and and uh, all, all, yeah, best of luck, mate. Um, love to see Robbie, Robbie Lawler get a, a a win at the weekend, and 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 I think we, you know me and you will probably be happy to see him uh, put them their mitts down in the middle of the octagon and yeah. uh, and, and and bow out. Watch yeah. out for uh, Nico Price has like a weird body frame. I don't know if you've noticed. He's got like slightly odd shoulders. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like people watching this, you watch Nico Price, I think it's his shoulders. He's got something going on with his shoulders where they're just formed in a weird way. I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it's just something that struck me. Whenever I watch Nico Price, I'm like, what's going on with his shoulders? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's strange. And I feel like I had to put that out there into the what's world. What's your problem so that, with his shoulders? They just, I'd I, I need to see an image of him right now to be able to articulate. Cause I just, I remember it from watching him. Uh, uh, who did he fight a while back? Oh, I can't remember. I did like an MMA on point thing. And I was remember watching, I was like, he's got some, some strange, strange thing going on with his shoulders. Nico price. I just, well, want- I'm looking at him now. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Is this just the topology uh, picture? Yeah. No, you can't see it there. It's a weird angle there. D- d- yeah, there's some, there's something going on. Someone, I feel like I'm going very Larry David here, but something's going on. And <laughs> you, know, you, you look at it. You, you'll see something going on. Um, right, but, listen, uh, listeners, I want you to, to, to message us in or, uh, or, or tweet us. Uh, Hashtag uh, Nico shoulders and uh, and let us know uh, if you know what the fucking hell Blake's talking about. Is it his shoulders? I want to know. It's shoulders. It's something. It's something. I'm sure it's his oh, shoulders. Oh come on, mate! I'm sure it's his shoulders. I'm trying to think. I need to find some images of Nico Price, but there's something going on with his shoulders. Um, the uh, other fight that I just wanted to to briefly mention because so many people are getting high on this this young lad is Tatsuro Tyra. Uh, Tatsuro Tyra's 13 and 0. I think he's on a three fight UFC win streak. I believe he is a flyweight. Um, yep. And uh, a lot of people have been really high on him and talking about him a lot. He's not fought anyone of real note yet, but he's very young and, uh, yeah, 23 years old. Uh, born in the year 2000. Jesus. Um, and uh yeah and a lot of people are very high on him and think he could be someone that is challenging for belts in a couple of years time so if you want to be ahead of the game uh Tatsuro Tyra check him out he'll probably be on the fight pass prelims check him out uh he is fighting Edgar Chares um who I don't know much about but yeah if you if you want to be there early check out Tatsuro Tyra he's as I say he's already on a UFC win streak of 3 13 and 0 um and yeah very good fighter um absolutely so that's this saturday uh ufc 290 volkanovski versus rodriguez at the t-mobile arena las vegas one last thing before we uh we we we, we disappear um let's talk about gamcare blake um because yeah. we do these uh episodes uh in partnership uh, a non-profit partnership with gamcare which is a a, a fantastic organization um, that, that deals with um, the, the, the problems uh, around gambling. And uh, as, as I guess a lot of you listeners know, there's so many uh, gambling companies that are involved in, in 
mixed martial arts events and uh, and sponsorship deals. And it's something that that both Blake and I wasn't comfortable with. You know, we we said from the very beginning that if we get offered anything uh, to uh, in regards to sort of sponsorship and stuff, with 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 you know the the, the, the the gambling companies, we was going to say no because it's something that doesn't sit right with, with the pair of us. Um, and so, what we've decided to do is go the complete opposite way and um, and, and and reach out to Gamcare, and they've been super, super kind. And uh, and and in regards to what they do exactly, Blake, do you want to sort of give a little bit of uh, information on that, and I'll pull up their details while you do Absolutely. that, so, well, so I can as, let the listeners know. As Stu said, if you are in any way suffering with. Uh, uh, bad gambling habits, gambling addiction, anything like that, then uh, Gamcare can offer a 24-7 helpline, not just for the person suffering uh, with with gambling addiction, but also if you're friends or a family member of someone that is uh, gambling uh, and it's affecting you know, your relationship with them, if they're getting into debt, struggling to pay bills, anything like that, they think that they're going to win their next paycheck, anything like that. Then, um, then you they can speak to you as well. It's not just for them, but it's for family and friends as well. And also, if you want to, they can offer you free counselling sessions. Again, not just for the person that it is um, affecting, but their family and friends as well. So it's a fantastic charity. They do brilliant work. If you are uncomfortable talking with someone on the phone or anything like that, they also do like a live chat thing as well. So uh, yeah, they've got all the bases covered for that. And uh, they're trained to give you, you know, some fantastic help. They're a really brilliant charity. Stu, have you got the number? I have, yep. I mean, like just mentioned, the live chat. So you need to head over to Gamcare, that's G-A-M-C-A-R-E, gamcare.org.uk, and you can just type in the uh, and have a natter on the live chat there. Um, if you feel like you need to, to speak to someone directly over the phone, you can call free on 0808 8020 Gamcare. Okay, um, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, as mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we've been really lucky to have had Alexander Volkanovsky on the podcast twice. We've had Dan Hooker on the podcast. Um, we had him on his lead-up to his fight with Arnold Allen, and, uh, and, and there's some really fun bits of chat on that episode as well uh, that involves... Um, was it Dan Hooker's nan or Arnold's nan? It was Ar- Arnold's nan, I believe, said, why have you got to fight someone so tall? <laughs> That was it. <laughs> yeah, That's Nana it. Allen. Nana Allen wasn't happy that Dan Hooker was so tall. But it didn't make a difference too to Arnold Allen. He did he did well. Absolutely. So go check out them uh, them episodes. Um, also, if you uh, haven't realised yet, we put these episodes up on YouTube as well. So please head over and uh, and subscribe over on our YouTube channel or just uh, continue listening uh, in the format that you do. Uh, thanks ever so much for listening and we will be back uh, post-show. Yeah. Well, this is going to be well, interesting, well, isn't it, the we, post-show? Yeah, we don't, we, we, we're not going to say too much now. We, we might have some issues with the post-show. We're hoping we're going to get it out to you and make it work, but there's some stuff going on, so we we will do our best. But as I say, if, if, if for whatever reason we can't, we apologise and we will uh, obviously be really trying to uh, maybe get you some of the interviews or whatever that we, we've done, but uh, but we will do our best to get you a post-show. And uh, Stu, I've just sent you a picture of Nico Price's shoulders, so uh, oh, let's see, pull it up. Let's see pull what it you up. think. I think they could be Oh like, my God, what's wrong with his shoulder? What's That's wrong with his sunglasses? But, well, ignore the sunglasses. Those shoulders could do damage. There's a lot going on yeah, with those that, shoulders. That's quite weird. Like, I've got bony shoulders, 
but his shoulders come up where like you know that Conor McGregor thing that he did to Donald Cerrone where he sort of broke his nose by doing the up shoulder yeah. thing Nico Price should be all over that those shoulders look like they're going to do a lot of damage my god I've never seen anyone's shoulders so close to their ears yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, please do watch Nico Price versus Robbie Lawler. And please message us if you have any thoughts on Nico Price's shoulders. I don't know what's going on there. I'm a man with bony shoulders, but these are unique. Um, there you go. Should we end it on that note? Why not? See you next time. Bye. Bye.